0: Who's faster, Bruce Jenner or Caitlyn Jenner? Welcome to Answers News for Wednesday, January 3rd,
1: 2024. In today's top story, researchers discovered that men and women are different. Shocking. Shocking. (laughs) Hello, I'm Roger Patterson, joined today with Dr. Gabriella Haynes and Avery Foley. And we are going to jump right in in this new year, the first episode of Answers News for 2024. Yay. And we're going to jump right into this story. Study shows sex could be a better predictor of sports performance than gender identity.
0: had no idea. Shocking.
1: Shocking.
0: (laughs) I couldn't have been more surprised than by the results of this study that no one needed because it's super obvious. All right, so this
1: report comes to us as a synopsis of uh, British Journal of Sports Medicine, and it's given to us in a report from the College of, sorry, the um, uh, London College, and this is a really clear clear evidence that when men are competing in the field against women they actually perform better even if they think they're women and we can't really be surprised by this Uh, because (laughs) this is what's clearly pointed out to us in scripture we look to the pages of scripture god created two Mm -hmm. genders Mm -hmm. male and female and when we think we're confused by these things. We're really not, okay? People try to pretend that they're women to compete in one division or men to compete in a different division. And they go into these races and they perform. And the study here has shown us that they really perform like their actual sex, that they're assigned a birth or they're given a birth is indicating to them.
0: Yeah, the researchers found, according to the article, a sex gap in race times between athletes who identify as non-binary So, just because the athlete didn't identify as male or female didn't actually change biological reality, which is not shocking at all. Obviously, men and women are very different. Men are usually taller. They usually have bigger. They have a bigger lung capacity, a bigger heart, usually more muscle mass. Therefore, usually, they're able to run faster than women. Um, and so we, we see this all the time in, in sports now, where women's sports are being taken over by men who will be way down at the bottom in the men's division. And then all of a sudden, they identify as a woman. They join the women's division, and now they're winning trophies and taking home all the awards and everything because we're different. God designed us differently. Um, and that's no shock from scripture and no shock from just reality. Like even a child knows the difference between a man and a woman. Um, it all has to just do with obviously the ideas of our day and of subjective identity trumping reality.
2: Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. It's uh, that was necessary to write a paper (laughs) about something that's so obvious, (laughs) you know, and, and the other point is, um, this person was the, the people that did that. They were very brave, you know, to do something <laughs> to do, like that. To have the study, yeah. To have the study because uh, the now this cancel the cancel uh, right. uh, culture, you know. Uh, but it's just reality. It's just the obvious thing that is just showing. Even though in the paper they were trying to kind of, kind of. S- kind of soft, yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> a talk and a this and that, you know, gender is important, but uh, what they're saying is when you take apart all the ideas that they're trying to kind of soft, the thing is, men is men, woman's woman. That's how it is, as biology, and that's gonna they're gonna pre- perform mm-hmm. uh, when they are doing, um, you know, the sport. So
1: yeah, and when it comes right down to it, this was a scientific analysis of the data, mm-hmm. trying to lay aside all of the subjective information because that's what science really should be is a yeah. an objective analysis. And this quote really kind of spells that out. Uh, it says, "Given the lack of empirical evidence supporting gender identity theory." one should not assume by default that gender identity is a more powerful explanatory variable than sex. Being an objectively measurable binary variable, only male and female, sex has considerable explanatory advantages over gender identity. So the result, and he goes on to explain the results really clearly show that those in the races that were men versus women, the the identity didn't matter Mm -hmm. if you chose to be a woman, you performed like a man because Mm -hmm. you had the body of a man and you were born as a man, regardless of how you chose to identify. Mm -hmm. So how we think in our minds doesn't matter. It's how God designed us to be and how we were born to be that really determines those things. And that's uh, the real world. And when we think scientifically that's going to line up with what God created in the world because yep. God is the author of the natural laws all around us. He's the one who created the world and the world is going to operate according to the laws that he made. And mm-hmm. he did
2: it in the in the perfect way. So the way that he did it, it's the way that it, we have to perform because that's the best for us is the best for everybody. And Avery and I, we have uh, little kids, Roger only have like big kids. Like when I say big, it's tall too.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, so every night we have little kids and they, one week they're thinking they're Spider-Man, the other week they're thinking <laughs> there's like Batman and we don't allow them to act like Batman and Spider-Man because then we would be to emergency room every single week, right? <laughs> so the the point is, it's as Roger's saying, it's not, the way that you think is not going to change your biology is not going to change your genetics. It's not going to change anything about your body, and that's very important because at the end of the day, actually, even though they did the research here, it's not about biology. It's not about scientific data. It's about you know this idea, this woke idea mm-hmm. um, of. Living away from God's patterns and uh, desire for man and woman, that it's uh, what they're trying to do. It's not, it's, it's not about biology, even though it was a really good research. At the end of the day, it's just about a nature trying to live the way that they want. Mm-hmm.
1: Speaking of living the way they want, across yep. the pond, we have a story coming from uh, the Methodist Church in the UK. Methodist Church brands terms husband and wife offensive, Uh, so this comes to us out of the christian institute uh, which is an organization in the uk that kind of watches over things happening in the church there in the uk and the methodist church there in the uk has written a guide the inclusive language guide and this is uh, put out for their members and others to read and it kind of gives a, this document, it's about a 10-page document, and it's, it's full of things like how to avoid ageist language and how to avoid um, sexual language that might offend people who identify as different sexes and all these types of things, mm-hmm. and how to avoid all this uh, language that's going to offend people who want to live one way but don't want to be confused by the Bible and all the things that the Bible's going to say. And this is a very interesting thing. The one thing, as I read through that document, I actually did agree with one thing. I was kind of shocked <laughs> to find this, they said, dealing with ethnicity and race. They said, we believe mm-hmm. that there's only one human race, so we shouldn't use the word races. We should use the word ethnicities. Mm-hmm. We can agree with that. We <laughs> yeah. actually
0: do agree with I that. Think yeah, that was that's ab- all. about the yep. only we thing. We start with God's word, only one I think that's race, about yeah. the only
1: thing I agreed uh-huh. with in the rest <laughs> in the of the whole document. In the
0: whole 10-page document, uh, but just the one thing. This <laughs>
1: was a very concerning uh, document coming out of the Methodist Church, though, because it really focuses on what the individual wants mm-hmm. to think mm-hmm. about, not what God's word has to say.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and, th- and that is very... Uh when I was reading this, I was just like this is they have so many problems, so many things first, this inclusive uh guide second, they're directing them the people that you know have more questions, directing them to um l g b t you know uh to go to that guide. The other thing is just like the the words you know gender neutral just mm-hmm. th- those those words you know Erasing the terms that design yes yeah. um and and just like to show the congregation how to repent of any hurtful language you know i mean it's just so so many details right here that you just feel like it's just is not a christian church it's just like a group of people that are gonna get together to do something else that is not definitely worship god and it's just very sad to see uh, those things happening um, right there UK and it's just not the first thing that happened a lot of bad things are going really um, happening right there in the UK too in the churches
0: mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah it's interesting how they do they have this advice for how con- congregations can repent of any hurtful language not how you can repent of sin but rather Mm -hmm. repent of and when they say hurtful language they don't mean unkind speech or anything like that what they mean is using words like husband and wife. wife son, daughter, gendered words. That's hurtful language because it does not reflect the reality for many people who have, you know, uh, relationships come in varied expressions, they say. So we should be using parent, partner, child, instead of husband, wife, son, daughter. So stripping all of the language that we find in the word of God right from the very beginning where Mm -hmm. God created male and female, a husband shall leave his father and mother be united to his wife. We find that language all throughout the Bible, starting from the very beginning, And they say, no, that's hurtful language. We shouldn't be using that. We need to repent of that. Um, Instead of repenting of actual sin, what the Bible calls sin, Mm -hmm. instead repent of using language that God gave us to use to richly describe the creation that he made. If you think about the difference between like even words like parent and mother and father, mother and father is so much richer. It tells us so much more about Mm -hmm. the person we're talking about than just generic parent. And they want to strip all the richness out of language and just boil it down to this like blank and neutral instead of the richness that God designed for language to express truth because they want to get away from the truth of how God has designed us and designed families from the very
1: beginning. Sounds like we need to (laughs) throw the heresy flag on this one. Yeah,
0: that is true. (laughs)
1: Because this is a church that comes out of a tradition of what we would consider generally faithful men, the Wesley brothers uh, coming Mm -hmm. out of the Anglican tradition. And if you hear that noise right now. That might be them spinning in their graves because <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. uh, they, would would, not be they would by not
1: this. be in favor of these things <laughs> no. and and you should not if if this is something that's happening within your church uh, you should be fighting back against these things looking to god's word standing firm on god's word as the absolute authority in these areas
2: yeah one thing i was just thinking mm-hmm. is how can they preach like how can they preach because if you open the bible there's just right there you know a son Father, mother, uh, so how can they? I guess God they have, God's going to have to, have to, to repent also, right?
1: Yeah. we've got a couple books over there that deal with uh, some mm. of these issues that we've talked about here in these first couple of articles. You want to hold those up, cam yeah. we got great
0: way to equip your kids. Yep,
1: we've got a God. Uh, I can't even remember. Why the co- did God make? Why me? did God make me a boy? Why did God make me a girl? Uh, deal with those issues of uh sexuality and how god created us uniquely male and female how we see those things laid out in scripture good thing. start yeah. teaching those right from the very beginning mm-hmm. yes and we've got to learn those things for ourselves help our children understand those things so that as they encounter those things they're going to hear them all around them uh are great resources for you to be able to get a hold mm-hmm. of and, and start understanding those things All right, our next article kind of related to these things. Pro-life activists lose final appeal to avoid $16 penalty for exposing baby parts scandal. Now, this goes way back uh, to 2015-16 is when this was a hot item. Mm -hmm. And we wrote lots of articles related to this, talked about it in lots of different ways. You might remember uh, cameras, table conversations over dinner, uh, Planned Parenthood executives being exposed for... Uh, funneling body parts of aborted babies in various ways. And the Center for Medical Progress, uh, two individuals involved in exposing all of these things, were releasing these videos over a number of months and years showing how Planned Parenthood and other organizations were cooperating together to channel all of these baby parts into medical research. And there was lots of money changing hands. And somehow for exposing these illegal activities, they wound up getting prosecuted because they were trespassing and filming people without them knowing. And so they faced a $16 million penalty for exposing all of these illegal activities. And sadly, they're kind of at the end of the train for their appeal.
0: They've been appealing and appealing and fighting and fighting. um, And it seems like at this point, there's not a whole lot more they can do in order to not have to pay this massive fine to Planned Parenthood for um, for exposing the, the horrible things yeah. that Planned Parenthood's been doing. I remember when those videos broke, and I got assigned to write an article on it, and just watching the videos of these men and women sitting around eating dinner and just callously talking about selling the the parts of infant babies that I they... I want a like,
1: Lamborghini. Uh, I remember yeah. that line Oh, from it was horrifying.
0: Saw. It was like, I couldn't get it out of my mind for days afterward. It was just absolutely horrifying. And yet, they have faced no repercussions, neither the Obama or Trump administration's, the article mentions, have taken any action against those over all these re- revelations. Instead, the people exposing it have been the ones prosecuted, which is just a total flip of what should have yeah. happened in this in this circumstance. Um, and it just, it reminds you that this is not, as much as the media likes to scream about how this is all about choice and women just having choice and whatever, this is about money. Like this whole yeah. thing is about money. The amount of money these people are making off of the sale of unborn children's, it's just, it's just horrifying and it really reminds us of the, the, just the deadly nature of sin. How one sin leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, it leads to so much callousness that these people can just eat dinner and sit around and talk about something so heinous as if it's a joke and it's mm-hmm. funny and it's just what it's gonna buy them their newest thing that they want. It's just, it's really horrible.
2: Yeah, it's sad uh, that unfortunately we live in a world that uh, we cannot even really trust that justice is going to be made. Yeah. Right. Uh, but I'm also very happy because the people involved, the pro-life group, it's um, pushing. Uh, they're not going to be silent. You know, they're tr- they're they're gonna they're gonna do. Uh, they're not afraid of keeping uh, the good the good work and um that's just a reminder for all of us you know that um we're going to uh, it might it might come to a time where we're going to have to pay pay um uh, uh, even like in this situation financially uh for one injustice that's going to happen because we as christian we we have to keep uh talking about the truth and about god about that what they do in Planned Parenthood is a sin. They're murdering Mm -hmm. kids, babies, um, little ones, and destroying lives, and that's a sin. And uh, Mm it's just really sad to see that unfortunately, and very sadly, the people that are exposing the problem is gonna now be the people having to pay for um, that situation. So it's Mm -hmm. just sad.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a reminder too of that, even if we don't get justice in this world, ultimately god is the one who brings ultimate justice and even if even if there is no justice here which is very sad and happens too frequently god is the ultimate one who will always do what is just and what is right and he never makes a mistake and he never sides with the wrong party he always does what is right and that's a comfort to us as believers especially when we see injustice in the world
1: and another resource you've got over there in front Mm -hmm. of you uh, this great book crafted by god again starting with the young ones and training them up in these things. A great book by uh, Dr. Purdom and uh, Station McKeever, laying all those things out, helping kids understand those things from a young age uh, at an appropriate level, how they are designed, especially by God, made in God's image, and a great teaching tool. Yeah. All right, next article uh, comes from a a magazine uh, that used to be <laughs> a much more valuable resource <laughs> uh-huh. for Christians, less so in the last decades, How Asian Artists Pictured Jesus' Birth from 1240 to Today. And what we learned in this article is that Jesus was born in Asia. Hmm. True statement, technically, uh, <laughs> technically Israel, <yep. laughs> Jerusalem is in Asia. And we put uh, Bethlehem there where Jesus was born. It is on the continent of Asia. And so depicting Jesus as an Asian, as they lay out a bunch of different Asian artwork, uh, depicting Jesus as an Asian infant in various nativity scenes and Asian culture, and a bunch of different artwork, as you can see here on this canteen and in this little uh, painting here, is totally fine, because cultures are just going to take the image of Jesus, because Jesus is the Savior for everyone in the world, so it's okay to depict Jesus however you want him to be, and if Jesus is a Thai baby, or a Japanese baby, or whatever culture he's in, Brazilian baby, he can be um, whatever culture you want him to be, and we can just Take him into those cultures and make him part of that because it's not aiming at historical realism, but a theological meaning, as this article claims. But we can run into some problems if we start heading Huge down that road, can't we?
0: Problems. Yes, because you're missing when you when you try to do that, you're first you're missing the actual historicity, but you're also missing a lot of the theological meaning of Christ's birth, that he came through a specific line because God promised he would come from the line of Abraham. And it's very important that Jesus descend. That's why there's chapters of the Bible in Matthew and Luke dedicated to tracing Jesus' ancestry is to show he really is the promised Messiah. He really came from the line that God said he would come from. He cannot be the savior of the world if he doesn't fulfill the Old Testament. And so you run into a lot of those theological problems when you try to disconnect Jesus from what the Bible teaches about him and fed him into all these other contexts. And in one sense, it's like, okay, we want people to understand that Jesus is the Savior of the whole world. God yeah. promised Abraham that that it would, all the nations would be blessed through his offspring, mm-hmm. through the Messiah. We want people to understand that. But at the same time, you can't disconnect Jesus from the historical reality of who he really was.
2: Yeah, because the point there is just try to be like, oh, don't worry about the, the historicity of it. You know, just just, mm-hmm. just just like think about theology. Just Just leave it aside, the historicity. And that's a big problem, too because there's a lot of theological um, truth connected, deeply connected to the historicity.
0: Yes, yeah. You and that's very important.
2: Anything. You cannot separate, you know, even though it's kind of interesting, it may be cool, you know, like have a Brazilian, I'm talking about Brazilian because I'm from Brazil, um, having a Brazilian, you know, uh, having a, Canadian.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Wait, wait. Aren't, aren't we all Americans?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we're Cause all Americans. I'm, but... I'm from America. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you
1: guys from America, too? Yeah.
2: See? She's, she's from America. I'm from America. See, we're all Americans. The,
1: the article from, starts from, out with you're saying... You're from North America. You're from South, South America. American. So we're all we're Americans. Not, no. <laughs> See
0: how silly it kind of gets
1: right, yeah. when you yeah. start thinking no, about it. No. People like have that. a very
0: specific thing in mind. When they start the yeah. article by saying Jesus was born in Asia, he was Asian. Well, that's... Technically, if you're born in Asia, yes, but that's not what people think of when yes. you say a statement like that. Just like saying we're all Americans because we're all from the continent of North America right. or South America. No, when you say American, you have a very specific thing in mind yeah. that isn't true yeah. for either United of us. United States, yes. Um, and that's so, gonna skew yes. our
1: thinking. So <laughs> exactly. when, we, when we start talking like that, we've gotta be really, really careful. Yeah. And if we present truth in images, because images say a thousand words, a picture's worth a, th- a thousand words, we start presenting these images to people, and this is the problem with movies and and depictions of of Jesus that present him in certain ways that don't reflect the Bible, and I Mm -hmm. won't mention any popular TV shows (laughs) right now and get get lots of negative comments, but when we start presenting things and say things and show things that aren't actually in the Bible, we plant things in people's minds that aren't actually true. Mm -hmm. and then they start believing those things, but they aren't actually in the Bible, and they start accepting those things as true when they aren't. Jesus wasn't Japanese. Jesus wasn't Thai. Jesus wasn't Vietnamese, and we see these things in all different cultures. We see Ethiopic paintings, but then when we go to Western art, we see the white Jesus, and Christianity Today, in other articles, has condemned that Mm -hmm. history, those historic paintings, as, well, why do you have a white Jesus? Jesus wasn't white. So there's kind of a double standard. Mm -hmm. It's okay to present him in these ethnic um, presentations because that helps connect to those cultures, but it's bad to do it in this because... There's this demonization of the, mm-hmm. it goes back to the woke idea of mm-hmm. this is the oppressor class and all these yeah, things. Yeah, they
0: can't be consistent. Yeah, we in can't that. be
1: consistent mm-hmm. because they want to have one thing one way and one thing another way. It's just very discouraging and frustrating. If we would just try to be consistent, let's present Jesus in his true historical cultural context and we try to do that our best here at Answers in Genesis we're not always perfect but let's present him as a, a Jewish born middle brown skin those types of things mm-hmm. that put him in that context as best mm-hmm. we can yeah and that way we will be as faithful to the text as we, mm-hmm. as we can and present those things in the most accurate historical context. Mm-hmm. And draw
0: can. out some really important theological um, meaning that comes from Jesus' ancestry and how he's connected all the way yeah. back to Adam mm-hmm. and all of that.
1: If he's not the savior from the line of David, then we don't really have right. any true hope yeah. in the gospel. He's yeah. not really the Messiah. Totally jumping tracks.
2: <laughs> Are they close? Australia? Not, not
1: even close. Other side of the world. Moving to a new southern, continent. Southern hemisphere. People once lived in a vast region in northwestern Australia and it had an inland sea. Sounds uh, lovely. This
2: <laughs> might have
1: been. So if we think about uh, different areas of the world during the period that we would think of as the Ice Age, the water levels would have been much lower because all that. Water had evaporated off, it's sitting in giant ice sheets and glaciers, and water levels lower, so instead of walking out to what we think of as the beachfront, that would have been, the continental shelf would have been dry and exposed, people would have lived there. Uh, We go to places like the area between Um, France and Great Britain today, that would have been an open land and you could have walked across the (laughs) sea there, people living in those areas. Uh, So this article exposes one of those areas uh, on the northwest side of Australia, uh, between what we think of as Australia and Indonesia today, where people could have been living and they try to think about As that area was exposed, and even a little inland sea that you can see there in the purple area, how many people would have been alive there, the time periods. Now, they're giving time periods of 65,000 years, 18,000 years ago this ended. Are we going to agree with those types of things?
0: No, not gonna agree with the timeline in here um, because we understand that the ice age followed the global flood of Noah's day. So we're talking like 4,000 or so years ago, people are living. Um, What I thought was really interesting about this is how for years um, people have asked us, how did the people and the animals get from, you know, the Middle East where Noah's Ark landed on the mountains of Ararat and spread all the way down to Australia? Well, this article talks about how people could have island hopped, no, I'm not gonna say the word. Archipelago. Thank you, archipelago (laughs) hopped (laughs) Uh, all the way down through Indonesia down into Australia because those ocean levels would have been so much lower. Obviously they've got a different time frame. but during the ice age, those low ocean levels are so much lower people are able to go across. and it's not vast tracts of ocean they have to you know paddle across or whatever. They can just you know, continue their way down. Animals are going to go the same way. So that was really interesting. We talk about that a lot. Um, And now they found all of these different artifacts and things under the water where people used to have homes and farmland. And now there was even rivers and lakes. They can see the riverbeds um, underneath the the ocean now. And then as the water started to rise, people had to retreat and retreat and retreat and retreat as their farmland got slowly swallowed up by the water as the the Ice Age ended.
2: Yeah, I thought it was really cool the amount of people because sometimes when you think about... You know, like at the time after the flood, it was not a lot of people, you know, but you see that around 50,000 to 500 people, thousand, 500,000 people uh, lived around that time. Um, so it's just really cool to see the amount of people. in uh, mm-hmm. um, This one
0: little mm-hmm. part of Australia. Yes, area.
1: So nothing wrong with the research here. We can generally agree with the ideas, but the time frame has got to be condensed. People living in this area after uh, the flood, as the ice age had the waters lower, uh, people were moving across those land bridges and shorter areas. So really lines up with a lot of what we've said in a lot of research. Great idea, wrong time frame. um, Idea in that book there, The uh, Flood of Evidence, uh, talking about how the... Uh, flood would have contributed to a lot of the sediment we see the fossil layers and then after uh, the flood it would explain how the ice age actually Mm -hmm. happened so if you're interested in learning more about that i can find some more of that in that book flood of evidence all right here we go for our weekly dose of evolution fantasy (laughs) (laughs) flowers giving up on scarce insects and evolving to self-pollinate say scientists Uh, So here we have a study of some pansies in France, and not people, these are flowers, okay, pansies in France, and they have uh, looked at these over the decades and looked at the amount of nectar and the size of the flowers and some different things and realized that they've gone from about 10 to 20% less nectar in these flowers over the decades as the number of pollinators, the different insects, has decreased. Now, we know this is a factor as we've increased the number of insecticides that we use. We've seen a decrease in different pollinators. So as that's happened, these plants have decided to lose mm-hmm. all these features mm-hmm. okay? and that's that's the language it's that we see evolution here it's kind of right f-
0: there fascinating
1: <laughs> we see things like the plants are undoing thousands of years the plants are changing their pollination strategy strategies. Giving up. they've changed the shape of their flowers they've given up on these things yeah. Evolution is amazing. It yeah. can accomplish all of these things. It's got all these in powers in just a few decades. Yeah, just a few decades.
2: <laughs> yeah, and they use a lot of this word "evolving," "evolve," "evolving," which mm-hmm. is it has nothing to do with evolution. It's actually the pansies
0: uh, are still pansies.
2: Yes. Uh huh. This is just a way of uh, it's a call a logical fallacy. Just a way to kind of present something as logical and correct, but it totally has no. Uh, logic right there because we know that flowers don't give up, flowers don't don't decide to do anything, you know, unless that your name is flower. Uh, you can do that but <laughs> if not, that's not the case. It's just a way and of course here it's evolving. These flowers not becoming,
0: it's not turning into something else, you know. It's They're just adapting. Still, just it's just adaptation. Adapting. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's less pollinators, and so in order for the plants to be able to continue to reproduce, self-pollination is actually working better because there's less pollinators. Um, And so therefore, what's the point of producing Mm -hmm. all this nectar and these great, big, huge, beautiful blooms if you're not attracting anything? Mm -hmm. Um, And so the plants are just adapting to the lack of insects. Nothing to do with evolution. Um, They're not gaining anything new. They're not changing Mm -hmm. into anything else. Um, They're just adapting to the current. So
1: natural selection here has no power to accomplish anything, Mm -hmm. and that's something we have to make very clear. The power, as we'd understand this from the biblical perspective, (laughs) is the programming that God designed into his creation from the very beginning. Now, in the genetic information, that can play out as selection forces interact and mutations happen, and God's order and plan gets played out in that design. So it's God who has given them the power in the first place in that information that can be played out in that programming. So God... the power into them if we're going to talk about it and that's the change Mm -hmm. that we see coming through yeah all right we've got a few little highlights some fun things we're going to roll through here really quick looking back on 2023 some some fun scientific facts now some of these are good observational science and a few of them are kind of some historical science we got to take with a grain of evolutionary salt uh, but this first one, you guys as uh, recent mothers can kind of <laughs> relate to a little bit. The least sleep among mammals goes to this uh, sleep-deprived seal, uh, the northern, trips, elephant, northern sea. elephant seal, two hours a day. Can yeah, you relate to 20 that? twenty minutes.
2: To two hours. I can relate to that so
0: much. <laughs> We're gonna wake up morning and be like, "Oh, I feel like a northern elephant seal this morning." Yeah. Well, I'm gonna use that too. Yeah, I got a baby coming in, in nine weeks, and we'll yeah. like, "Oh, it here, here comes northern elephant seal time."
1: <laughs> All right, we go back to the earliest discovered horse riders, earliest equestrians, the Yamnaya people. Uh, they're dating this back to around 3,000 BC. We'd probably bump that up a little shorter in our yeah. time scale. Uh, but these people from Central Europe, uh, finding in their skeletons the marks. I thought
0: that was so interesting. They're like, yep, they rode horses because they fell off. they <laughs> have
1: the damage <laughs> you got from falling,
0: <laughs> sitting on a the horse the and bow falling
1: leg, off. bow-legged, yeah, <laughs> yep. so they've got all those marks on them. And then the most, the, the sunniest <laughs> place on earth. Mm-hmm. Right, we go up to the Atacama Desert in
0: Chile. In Chile
1: mm-hmm. And we get a sunshine of 308 watts per square meter. Okay, so there's lots of sun going. Good place to put your solar panels. Yeah. <laughs> take your sunscreen <laughs> if you're going there. And then this one, we got to chuck up to the evolutionary yeah. view yeah. of course the
0: oldest black hole the oldest man.
1: black hole so we're looking back uh with They're the james, the james webb space <laughs> telescope but amazing things we can find with the telescope and yeah uh, looking so at many that. things that
0: Beautiful. have confirmed what we'd expect from god's word yep. yeah.
1: yeah and then this one
0: <laughs> this one was my favorite yeah it was my favorite claws. too fastest yeah.
1: little shrimp okay these are called pistol shrimp or other names for them like that and they can snap their claws closed
0: the juveniles more so than the adults.
1: As we get uh, slower, when we get older, right? <laughs> 600 kilometers per second per second is the acceleration of their That's claws.
0: That's yeah. crazy. They, they said what, what, that they had to take the footage at 300,000 frames per second, then slow it down by 10,000 times just so the human eye could see what was happening. And this is just little shrimp living in the yeah. ocean just glorifying God by snapping their claws. Like, it's just so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I and really it, like that one. I think it's just so amazing
2: to see a, a, a little creature like that doing something yeah. that amazing uh it, it, it this just takes us back you know like to god's word and His design yes. and, and perfection and uh his humor also <laughs> right making this little yeah. tiny shrimp that can so do it's this it's just amazing yeah it's i amazing. love it
1: All right, and the oldest wooden structure found, of course, we're going to disagree Disagree with the date. Uh 480,000 years ago. They're going to take us back early to the dispersion after Babel Mm -hmm. around 4,000 years ago. But Mm -hmm. um, this in Zambia, dated to 480,000 years in the evolutionary view, Um, they would say this would have to be some creature like Homo erectus or Heidelbergensis in their view, which doesn't make sense because they're like carved interlocking logs and wood structures. Yeah. How do they even pretend? <laughs> as they keep pushing the dates back yeah. and back and back for these things. How do they keep pretending these things are true? It it's just way more sense biblical reveal.
0: People yep. after Babel, People wanted, after a Babel bench.
1: Yep, wanted a bench. <laughs> they needed they one. Sit down on
0: something. Don't blame them.
1: <laughs> and then, I promise I won't make any pregnant lady jokes when I Thank put slide Thank you. Appreciate up. that. Yeah. That was the Heaviest first thing that I thought.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry, I agree.
1: Heaviest animal ever. <laughs> uh, looking back in the fossil record, this new whale species, uh, Paracetus colossus, aptly named, I think is probably the heaviest, uh, twice as heavy as blue whales, if mm. we're interpreting this fossil correctly. So, Sweet. giant, huge. Giant thing. <laughs> Again, oh, we just screwed
0: the timeline yes. on when this lived. Yeah. You know, it's buried during the flood, probably. All right,
1: fun looking back over twenty twenty three. But coming up here in the next couple weeks, we have a very very fun thing happening down at the Ark Encounter. Well, why don't you tell them all about it?
0: Then? <laughs> C.S. Lewis's The Horse and His Boy live stage production is coming to the Ark starting next Wednesday, the tenth. Um, and kids are free ten and under. So me and all of my kids, my husband, are going. We've been well, reading the book have to with pay the kids. For two so then, I know, yes. right? It's awesome. <laughs> (laughs) Yeah, we've been reading the book in preparation. The kids are super excited. Um, So, yeah, make sure you make plans to come. It's going to be amazing. The horse and his boy is the best Narnia. So I'm very excited to see it as a stage production.
1: All right. That's all we've got for you today. So we will see you next time. Thank you and God bless.
0: See ya.